Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wa salaman ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafa amma ban A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajimi Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Laqadakana lakum fi rasulillahi usmatun hasana Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salaman ala al-mursaleen Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sinuna muhammad Wala Ali Sinuna Muhammadin Mubarak Sunnim. Allahumma Sunni Ala Sinuna Muhammad. Wala Ali Sinuna Muhammadin Mubarak Sunnim. Last time we spoke in this neighborhood, the other masjid, we spoke about love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we felt that if we come back to this neighborhood, we should speak about love for Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And really, if any one of us feel that after the month of Ramadan has passed, that we need something to latch onto, we need something to grip onto. Now the fasting is gone, the taraweeh is gone. Those were the things we latched onto to feel this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now there may be another thing we can grab and reach out and latch onto and hold steadfast to. And that is the love for and the following the sunnah of and becoming the beloved of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now often people don't talk like that. They talk about loving Allah Ta'ala, becoming the beloved of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And then they talk about loving Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But they don't say that second word, becoming the beloved of the Prophet sallallahu Reason is, is that who is beloved to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that will be manifested in the Day of Judgment. But that is something all of us want. Obviously he is going to do shafa'a. He is going to intercede on, with Allah Ta'ala on behalf of those whom He loves. So it is actually our dream that we become the beloved of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, it is fard. It is absolutely imperative, mandatory, required for every ummati to know their Nabi. This is the nature of humanity. Every single human being from the history of time from Sayyidina Adam until the last human being, until the end of time, whoever that may be, it is further on every human to know their Nabi. The Nabi who was sent to them. The Nabi under whose flag they wish to be raised. Now, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with an incredible blessing that we are ummati of not just a Nabi, not just of any Nabi, but we are an ummati of the Nabi, the Nabi of the Anbiya, the Imam of the Anbiya, Sayyidul Awwaleen wal Akhireen, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And being of his ummah, it is fard upon us that we have to know who Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is. Unless you know him, you won't know what it means to be his ummati. You see, to say this sentence, Ashadu anna Muhammadur Rasulullah, it's not enough. It's not enough to say that sentence. We have to believe it. We have to feel it. We have to live up to it. And we have to be true to it. That requires knowing the Prophet ﷺ. And we know what it means to be an ummati. And it's very sad that a lot of us have forgotten what this means. This is the most important human relationship in our life. More important than our relationship with our parents or with our children or with our spouse, or with our neighbors, or with our family, or with community, or with society, is our relationship with the Prophet Now sometimes people like to talk in these terms, that we live in a time that is far from the age of Nabuwa. They say in Urdu, Zabana Nabuwa Sidur Ham means you're living many, many years away from the time of Nabiya Kareem Wasallam. Okay, so what is that? Over 1400 years. No, there's a much greater tragedy than that. That our life and our lifestyle and our heart and our condition and our adab and our akhlaq are much more than four, are light years away from what Nabi Kareem sallallahu was. Maybe the ummah has never seen a condition in which the ummatis, the members of this ummah have made themselves as different and as divergent from their beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I remember once 
when we were living in Pakistan, there was this, when I was, I, I live in Pakistan, when we were teaching in Pakistan, there was this incident of the famous Danish cartoons. So students got all riled up, all over the world, people get excited about these things. Halakim, Muslim is not an excitable person. Muslim is not inflammable. Muslim, you can light a match near them and nothing happens. <laughs> Completely inf- non-inflammable. That's how we're supposed to be. But these days Muslims have become highly flammable. Huh? They know, we just light a match and mashallah, they will explode. So the students gathered me and they wanted me to explain this to them. So I said, look, Nabi Kareem sallallahu in his lifetime was never hurt or bothered by what any non-believer said or did about him. What's going to hurt and bother him is what his ummah says and does. And then I told them point blank, because they're university students, not that all university students are like this, but a great number of them are. I said, you're a bigger cartoon. You're the real cartoon. The way you walk and talk and act and interact is exactly like some American TV sitcom character. You're a bigger caricature. You're the real stain on the Umar Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa not something some person in Denmark writes on a piece of paper. That's fluff. It has no value. It has no reality. The real thing is what are the mu'mineen like? What are the people of this ummah like? And some of us have become walking, talking, western cartoons and caricatures. Greed for the dunya, love for the dunya, unlawful lust, unlawful romance, the way we talk and act and interact. Hmm? Just like the way the American media wants us to. We are cartoons. This is the real tragedy. And this is the nature of human being. Nobody has ever hurt. Heart never gets hurt what strangers do. Our heart gets hurt with those who we thought our own turned out to be. So the greatest disappointment of the Prophet is nowhere near going to be any non-believer. The greatest disappointment and the greatest potential to disappoint the Prophet is me and you are his own ummah. His own ummah. So we have become distant. Very distant. You know, even this word, one of his names, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now what does Mustafa mean? It means the select one, the chosen one. Hmm? He was Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but not just him, everything about him is Mustafa. Yes, his city was Mustafa, Medina Munawwara. His sahaba, each and every single one is Mustafa. Allahu Akbar. Yes, each and every sahabi, hand-picked, selected, choice selection by Allah Ta'ala from all of the human ruh, from all the human arwah, from all of the human souls, Allah Ta'ala selected the choicest and the finest to become Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala anam ajmain. Our ulama say that after the anbiya, the greatest ruhs are the ruhs of the sahaba. And some ulama even said that the greatest sahaba, their ruh is of the same rank as some of the lesser anbiya. Allahu Alam, Allah knows best. Hmm? But his sahaba, his companions were selected. His azwadul mutaharat, all of the noble brothers of believers, umahat al-mu'mineen were selected. But listen to something even more incredible. Every single one of his ummah is also Mustafa. Every single one of his ummah selected by Allah Ta'ala to be a member of his ummah. Can you imagine that? Me and you were selected. Yes, in this day and age, if people get selected, they get so happy. Selected for admission to the university. Oh, subhanAllah. Hmm? They start putting bumper sticker on their car. They start wearing the sweatshirt of the university. Huh? They were selected. Oh, selected by that corporate company for employment. Even selected for interview. Forget even employment. Even selected for interview. Oh, subhanAllah. Hmm? Yes, okay. You can feel joy at that. How much joy then? How much happiness, how much surur, lutf, how much elation, rapture should we feel at being selected for the Ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa This is a great honor, great honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected us. Now what do we have to do? Allah ta'ala selected us for free. We have to select the path of the Prophet ﷺ in everything that we do. We have to select his sunnah. We have to select his seerah. We have to select his adab. We have to select everything about him for ourselves. That's our fault. We don't do that. We don't make that selection. Sometimes we know clearly there's a sunnah way of doing something. We select a different way. 
Sometimes we know there's a sunnah behavior we select a different way. Sometimes we know there's a sunnah attribute, sunnah characteristic trait. We select a different way. No. The least loyalty we can show to our Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is that when Allah SWT selected us to be from His Ummah, we should select His Sunnah to be our lifestyle. This is the selection we have to make. Now there are some feelings that we should have for the Prophet So after this is what we want to share tonight. What are the feelings? Because it has to be a heartfelt relationship. It has to be the most heartfelt relationship that we ever had. First feeling is the very simple one, which is called Iman. But what does it mean to have Iman? Obviously all of us, anybody sitting here tonight, believes, right, that Nabi Kareem sallallahu was the last and final prophet messenger. But Iman means something more than that. Iman means to live your life in such a way that every moment and second of your life is governed by this belief, is dominated by this belief. We have spiritually orphaned ourselves. Sometimes we act as if we don't even have a prophet. No one would be able to tell. You know, in England, they had this British royal family. I think once upon a time, maybe, no, you were under Dutch. I don't remember know who you people were under. Once upon a time, our areas were under the British. So the royal family, if a child is born from the royal family, what are they told? They're raised on this idea. Look, you're from the royal family. These, these, these things, they don't befit you. It's not befitting to you as a member of the royal family. So they say, okay, I won't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. It's not a question of legality. Now look, they have that level of adab, just of being the royal family, and me and you are of the real royal family. <laughs> the real royal family. We are from the family, yani ummah, of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. So it's not just about halal and haram. It's not just about legality. We have to sometimes look and say, is this befitting for me? Not is it strictly speaking halal. Is it befitting for me as a believer to do this? Is it befitting for me as a believer to watch this? Is it befitting for me as a believer to be present in such a place, in such a gathering? Does it befit me as a follower, as an ummati of Nabi Kareem sallam to do that? That's a whole other way of thinking. I give an example and I've been doing this on and off. And the people of South Africa get, apparently get very scared when I do this. Because I did this in one masjid. And they came to me afterwards and said, the people are really scared of you now. I said, Allahu Akbar. Huh? I'm going to do it to you also. Huh? What is that? Smoking. Oh. Smoking does not befit a believer. Don't come to me and ask me for a fatwa. Don't bring, Alhamdulillah, I know the fatwa. Right? Fatwa is what that is haram if it's harmful to your health. Makru'a tahrimi, severely disliked by Allah Ta'ala if it's a habit. And disliked by Allah Ta'ala if you take one or two cigarettes a week. But this is not the way you should be thinking. The way you should be thinking is that could you ever imagine Nabi Kareem sallallahu smoking a cigarette if your answer is not a soft no, if your answer is an astounding, horrific no. I could never, ever, ever imagine that. I would rather die than allow myself to imagine such a thing. Then you should understand what it means to be an ummati. Unless you feel like this about the sunnah, you're not really an ummati. It means something to take a human being as your prophet. It means something to accept someone as your prophet, to make yourself their ummati. Now it means that what doesn't befit my nabi, doesn't befit me as his ummati. That's what it means, to have an ummati-nabi relationship. Not that it doesn't befit him, but it's okay, I can do it, because I'm going to look at a fatwa. Hmm? Who, to- who gave you this lesson that Islam is about some legalistic, dry understanding? No, no, no. True ummati would never do anything that doesn't befit their Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa I tried to do it in a less scary way tonight. Huh? Allah alam. But really, it's something that I feel in South Africa. Because never have I ever seen the extent of smoking amongst praying people that I've seen in South Africa. You leave a masjid in America, you don't see anybody smoking. Maybe you may see one other person smoking. Here, mashallah. Allah Akbar. The longer the beard and the whiter the clothing, the more they're smoking. It's, it's stunning for me. Definitely, if you have the outward sunnah, there is no way, no way whatsoever you can smoke. There is no way. How dare you? Ah, 
How dare you take the outward sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and not follow the inward sunnah of Nabi Kareem ﷺ? You are a mockery of, you are the cartoon. You are the cartoon. You are a mockery of deen. Mockery of deen. It means something to take somebody as a prophet. It's not a joke. It's not something we can take lightly. I ended up doing it the scary way. Allah huh? Akbar. You have to be serious, serious, serious about your deen. Serious about this. We cannot take this lightly. Here you make niyat, I'll make dua. May Allah Ta'ala rid us from any and everything. Some things that we do openly, some things mean, others do secretly. That may not be befitting our role as being believers and followers of Nabi Kareem sallallahu But now you understand what iman is. Hmm? So first feeling was iman. Iman doesn't just mean some abstract theological belief that yes, he is a prophet. No, 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 no. Iman is a heartfelt feeling. Iman means this, that anything that was not befitting to him is not befitting to me. That's called having Iman in Nabi Kareem sallallahu To really believe and take him as our Nabi. Alright? That's the first feeling. Then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran al-Kareem mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ himself has four functions. But let's look at that just from one ayah. What does it mean for him to be a Nabi? Only Allah Ta'ala can tell us what is, it, what is prophethood, what is prophecy. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, لَكَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Indeed, Allah sent His special grace and favor on the believers. إِذْ بَأَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُثِهِمْ When He sent to them a prophet from amidst their own selves, now Allah Ta'ala is going to say, why? And for what purpose? لِيَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ Number one, to recite to them, to recite to those believers the verses of revelation. This in self, you can imagine how lucky Sahaba are that the first time they heard a verse of Qur'an, they heard it from the blessed tongue of Nabi Kareem hmm? Imagine walking into Masjid Nawi and Fajr and Nabi Kareem recites a new ayat. A new revelation. Allah Akbar. And it's Quran and Arabiya. So Sahaba can understand. They can feel the Arabic of Quran. It's such lucky people. Lucky people. So this was one function of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa But it doesn't end there. This I wanted to equip you because some people have this misunderstanding today. That there's no such thing as hadith. There's no such thing as sunnah. The only thing that exists in deen is Quran. So Allah Ta'ala Himself is telling us in Quran that this is just one thing. Next, him. And second thing, O Prophet Sallallahu that you have to do is that you are going to do their tazkiyah. You are going to have to make a dedicated effort to purify their heart and put in their heart the best of feelings and the best of character. A person could ask a question, Ya Allah, they're sahaba, they know Arabic, you're reciting and revealing Quran on the Prophet in the Arabic of their dialect of Quraysh, and the Prophet reciting in Arabic to them, so they can understand Quran. Isn't understanding Quran enough? This is another myth. No. Understanding Quran is not enough even for sahaba ikram. Even when they're understanding Quran from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah is telling the Prophet in Quran, him. It's not just enough to recite verses to them and they understand it. You must also apply. There must be the application of the feelings, of the meanings of these verses into their heart. That's called tazkiyah. Even sahaba needed tazkiyah. Allahu Akbar. Next. وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ kitab. And you must formally teach and instruct them in the meanings of the book. So what does it mean? So the Arab Sahaba know the Arabic language. That's one level of meaning. The Allah Ta'ala is saying, no, you have to do more, Prophet You are going to teach them the meanings, deep meanings of Qur'an. So then imagine, can you get by an English translation? If Sahabi Kram who know Arabic cannot get by on the Arabic just linguistic meaning, no, Prophet to teach them or Yuallimuhumul Kitab. Yuallim from the Arabic word ta'lim and ta'allum to formally instruct and teach someone. Hmm? Then Wal Hikmah and the Prophet will also in addition to formally teaching the Quran, Wal Hikmah, Allah Ta'ala is going to reveal another body of knowledge on the Prophet's heart, which he will teach extra Quranic teachings. This is the teachings of wisdom, Hikmah called the Sunnah of the Prophet. So this ayah makes it clear 
that you cannot just think that the Quran only or translation only is somehow the way to understand the deen of Islam. Alright? So this was the academic aspect of having Iman in the Prophet ﷺ. And I already explained to you first the spiritual concept of having Iman in Nabi Kareem ﷺ. So first feeling towards him, Iman. Second feeling, it's called Ita'a. Ita'a means to obey. Yes. To accept someone as a prophet it means that we must obey them. We must obey them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, "May yuti'in rasoola faqad Allah. Allah ta'ala couldn't have said it in stronger words. Hmm? Whomsoever obeys the Prophet ﷺ, indeed it is equivalent in tantamount, it is as if they have obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. This verse also makes it clear that obedience to the Prophet ﷺ is separate and obedience to Allah Ta'ala is separate. Hence Allah Ta'ala wanted to make it clear that don't think that this separate obedience to the Prophet is in any way lesser. It's not even one drop lesser. This is a legal category further than sunnah. The feeling Allah Ta'ala is putting in our heart, what? Is don't think obedience to the Prophet is even one notch lower than obedience to Allah Ta'ala. Fakad Allah. It is equivalent to and tantamount to obeying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's how much Allah Ta'ala stressed in Quran, obedience to the Sunnah of Nabi, obedience to the Prophet ﷺ. And this is also Allah Ta'ala's expression of love. You see, when you love someone and you meet somebody else, you say what? Okay, look, I want you to listen to them just like you would listen to me. Hmm? I want you to listen to them just like you would listen to me. We would say, It's in English, it means the same thing I told you. You listen to them the same way you would listen to me. So Allah is saying, you obey the Prophet ﷺ the same way you would obey me. Allahu Akbar. Now what level of that? That, that level is absolute. <laughs> Obviously to Allah Ta'ala belongs absolute obedience. So it means to say that Rasulullah ﷺ belongs absolute obedience. Absolute obedience. Allahu Akbar. So this is that. Second feeling. First was Iman, second was Itaat. Third, is to feel in your heart that you are receiving the mercy from the teachings in life of the Prophet Allah says in Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْآلَمِينَ Allah Ta'ala in the beginning of Quran introduces himself to as what? Rabbul Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah Ta'ala is the Rabb of the Alameen. One and only Allah Ta'ala says in the same Qur'an that the Prophet ﷺ is rahmatan lil alameen. Allah Akbar Kabira. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala couldn't use stronger words. I can't capture the strength of this in English. The Arabic is extremely strong. This is what we call balaghats, the rhetorical style. To use equivalently, equally strong language, an equally strong tone, an equally strong tenor when talking about the Prophet ﷺ the way Allah Ta'ala talked about himself. So just like me and you, we feel, right? Because it's the same God that He is Rabb of the Alameen. But what do we feel? We feel it personally. That Ya Allah, yes, you are Rabb of all of the Alameen, but you're also Rabb of little old me. <laughs> yes, that's why we say in such a Subhana Rabbi. Huh? Subhana Rabbi Al-Allah. So beginning of Salah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. By the end of Salah, you make the journey. Yes, Allah Ta'ala is Rabbil Alameen. But by the time you had sajda, Rabbi is my Rabb. <laughs> That's an incredible thing. That that Allah Ta'ala who is Rabb of the Alameen, He is my Rabb. Same thing. That Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who is Rahmatan Lil Alameen who Allah Ta'ala sent as a mercy to all the worlds, Allah Ta'ala also sent Him personally as a mercy to me. You have to feel it personally. Feel it personally. This is having personal relationship with the Prophet ﷺ. Obviously he's not here with us now. How is his mercy reaching us? Through his sunnah, through his seerah, through his teachings, through his feelings, through his words. That's how it reaches us. So we have to feel this connection. Feel like the recipient of this mercy. Fourth feeling is called ittiba'a. Ittiba'a. That's slightly different than ita'a. You can capture in English. Ita'a means to obey. 
And ittiba means to follow. Let me explain. So you tell a child you have to obey the teacher. Okay. You tell him you have to follow your teacher. It's different. <laughs> obey the teacher means, okay, if the teacher verbally instructs me or commands me to do something, I will obey it. Follow the teacher means even before the teacher tells me something, I'm going to follow them. It's a different thing. <laughs> it's a different thing. Hmm? Ittiba. It means to pattern yourself after the teacher. It means to be like the teacher. Obey means follow the teacher's commands. Ittiba means follow the teacher's wishes. That's what the lover says to their beloved, right? Your wish is my command. Huh? Allahu Akbar. This is called ittiba'a. Ittiba'a. Another way Allah Ta'ala used to explain this in Quran is uswa. <coughs> the verse we recited in the beginning. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رُسُولِ اللَّهِ uswa uswatun hasana. That indeed you have lakum for your benefit in the Prophet ﷺ an uswatun hasana. Uswa means model. Hasan means pure beauty. Nabi Kareem Sassam is the embodiment of beauty. He is beauty incarnate. All of Allah Ta'ala's creative beauty has been placed in the Prophet ﷺ. Uswatun Hasana. Allahu Akbar. So then Allah Ta'ala, you combine now this ittiba uswatun hasana to follow this purely beautiful example and model. This is the next feeling. That we should have for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What happens when a person does this following? So a person becomes the beloved of Allah Taala. Listen to Quran. Allah Taala says in Quran, "Qul in kuntum tuhibun Allah." That say to them, "Qul proclaim to them, my beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." In kuntum tuhibun Allah. That if you think you love Allah Taala, if you want to love Allah Taala, if you claim to love Allah subhanahu taala. You can't come to Allah Ta'ala directly. Allah Ta'ala is the name of that being that we come to Him on His terms. Not that we come to Him on our terms. This is another misconception some people have. They try to say, you know, oh, I have my own personal relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's true in terms of your own du'as, your own ibadat, your own love for Allah Ta'ala. That's true. But in terms of how you live your life, that can't be true. Because Allah Ta'ala has said no. You will live your life according to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu There's no personal choice left in that. That's what it means to take somebody as your Nabi, right? It means something to take somebody as your Nabi, to take somebody as our Uswa. Uswa means model. Uswa means pattern. There's not, no bottling for me anymore. I don't have a choice anymore. I just pattern myself after him. This is the feeling that we have to have for Nabi Kareem sallallahu so Allah says in Quran that if they claim that they love me, tell them what? Fattabi'uni. You tell them that they should do ittiba' of you. Obey iman, yes, obey, yes, mercy, yes. They should pattern themselves entirely after you. So okay, let's say we say Allah, okay, I wanted to love you, you sent me to the sunnah. Okay, I follow sunnah. Now Allah Ta'ala, will you accept me as your lover? Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, not only are you my lover, Yuhbibkumullah. Allah Ta'ala loves you. You're beloved. You wanted to be muhib directly? I said, bring sunnah. You brought sunnah, you're mahboob. Means the sunnah makes us the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every drop of sunnah has an ocean of mahboobiyyah. Brings an endless, bottomless ocean of belovedness to Allah Ta'ala. Then Allah Ta'ala continues, Yuhbibkumullah, Allah Ta'ala will love you وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And Allah Ta'ala will forgive you for your sins, dhunub. All sins. Allahu Akbar. Then Allah Ta'ala ends, وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ And Allah Ta'ala is all forgiving, all merciful. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala's maghfirah, and Allah Ta'ala's rahmah, and Allah Ta'ala's mahbubiyyah, all come from following the sunnah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, some of us, we make a mistake is that we try to make it, we pick and choose. We have a pick and choose approach to sunnah. Two common mistakes. One group of people, they follow the outer sunnah, they don't follow the inner sunnah. Another group of people, they follow the inner sunnah, they don't follow the outer sunnah. So there is no inner outer dichotomy in our deen. Allah Ta'ala Himself has said His names. He is Al-Zahir and Al-Batin. Allah Ta'ala Himself is an outward manifestation. 
manifestation of his attributes and he has an inward reality of those attributes. He is al-zahir and al-batan. So there's no dichotomy. Everything we do in deen will have an outer form, an inward form. Fasting, we just fasted in Ramadan, right? That was an outward act. Outwardly we did not eat and did not drink and if we're in nikah, did not have lawful relations from Fajr to Maghrib. But what were we supposed to get? لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ That's the inward reality. Taqwa is the inner thing, it's not an outer thing. So there's a nisbat, there's a rapt, there's a connection, there's a relation between outward compliance and inward reality. The whole month of Ramadan is a proof of that. So you have to have both. You have to have both sunnahs. So first my answer to those who made the mistake, although I touched upon one example already, of following. Tell her first, let me didn't do the other one. Those who follow the inner sunnah, but they don't follow the outer sunnah. So the argument goes something like this. They say, actually, it's the heart that counts. Now, they're not wrong. It's actually true what they're saying. We have a saying in American English. I'm pretty sure you have it here also. There's the truth. That's one thing. Then there's nothing. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The heart matters. That's the truth. But that's not the whole truth. That's not the whole truth. The heart matters and the four betters. The heart betters and the four betters. Why? Because everything in the sunnah was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is the architect of the sunnah. And Allah ta'ala created both the inward and the outward form of the sunnah. They're both designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're both called sunnah. Let me, let me make you understand. Like an architect has a masterpiece creation. So they'll say, if you want to know how good an architect I am, this is my portfolio, but my masterpiece is this building. Now what does that mean? They just, did that. They just designed the exterior? No, no. They just designed the interior? No. If it's their masterpiece creation, they will tell you, I design every single thing inside and out. The elevation, the exterior, the facade, I designed it. The inner finishings, I designed it. Even the knobs, even the switches, I picked it. They will say, it's my masterpiece creation. Every single thing, external, internal, I designed it. Now understand, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, his zahir, his outward form, his batin, his heart, his surah, his appearance and dress, his seerah, his character, everything is the masterpiece creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Infinitely more incredible. People like to be very scientific today. No, no, no. What do you need a psalm in science for? Infinitely more incredible than Allah Ta'ala designed the galaxy and the black hole. Infinitely more incredible than Allah Ta'ala's creation of the human body and our physiology. Infinitely more incredible than the atom, than the subatomic particle, than the quark. Infinitely more incredible than that is Allah Ta'ala's creation called the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu That is the masterpiece of Allah Ta'ala's creation. And when it's a masterpiece, you follow it entirely. Outward and inward, it's all sunnah. This is the real answer. Sometimes some people are stubborn. So then to dislodge them from their stubbornness, I have to give a bit of a tough answer. Tough answer is this. That look at every other aspect of your life. The outward form matters. If you have an interview, I say, it's okay, you don't need to be well-dressed. You say, why? I said, because it's your intelligence that matters. Just go shabbily dressed because the outer form doesn't count. You would say, are you crazy? I'm going for interview. It makes a difference how I appear. My appear outward appearance matters. That's what you would say. Okay, let's look at your car. Let's say you buy a brand new Mercedes car and I take a knife and I scratch it. Hmm? And you would come to me, you would be upset. And I tell you, brother... Only the inward matters. The engine is fine. <laughs> engine is fine. Suspension is fine. Transmission is fine. Why are you worried about the scratch? Would any of you let me get away with this argument? If I tried to give you logical proof that the outward form doesn't matter, you would say, you scratched my car. <laughs> right? You'd be angry. I say, just scratched the, your door of the car. Car is fine. Purpose of car is to get you from point A and B. Car will do that as perfectly as before I scratched it. All that matters is what's on the inside. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. How about I use that sentence on you? You would be upset. 
So I can't scratch your car, but you can scratch the sunnah of Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What's more valuable? Young men, they get down on their knees and they scrub the tires of filth and najasa. Hmm? And those tires are just going to get dirty again anyway. And you're going to try to tell me when it comes to sunnah that the outside doesn't matter. It's only, only what's on the inside that counts. Hmm? Your homes. Hmm? How about you make your home have a completely the paint is falling off and everything. Every single thing in your life, be honest. You know that the outside is important and what's inside counts more, but the outside is also counts. Everything in your life. Is it only about the sunnah, the masterpiece creation of Allah Ta'ala? What Allah Ta'ala told us in Quran is a uswatu hasana for us. Is it only when it comes to our Nabi, our beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that you come up with this philosophy that what's on the outside doesn't matter, it's what the inside that counts. Do you know how beautifully Allah Ta'ala designed the outward form of the Prophet ﷺ? You think that's a chance? You think Nabi Akram's appearance was a chance? You think the way he walked was a chance? You think the way he smiled was a chance? You think this was coincidence? You think this was arbitrary creation? No, no, no. Every single outward movement, every single outward attribute, every ada, every quirk, Every practice of the Prophet ﷺ is designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? That they enter to the other group, that they have the outward sunnah, they don't have the inner sunnah. The greater sunnah is the inner sunnah. The lesser sunnah is the outer sunnah. But it's easier to do the lesser sunnah. And it's more difficult to do the outer sunnah. Alright? No problem. It's natural in life that we first do whatever is easier for us. And we hope that once we do that, Allah Ta'ala gives us tawfiq, fazl, karam, grace from Himself, and makes us strong to do what's more difficult in deen. But you have to complete the mission. You can't just go for the lesser sunnah and omit the greater sunnah. Because like I said, if you do that, you will end up being a disservice to the Prophet You will do a disservice to the sunnah. Now listen to a beautiful hadith of Nabi Kareem that puts all this together. He said, He said, Make your outward form virtuous and make your inward self virtuous and make your inward self more virtuous than your outward form. This is beautiful. Perfect teaching. Make your zahir, outward appearance virtuous. Make your inner heart, character, feelings virtuous. And then make your inner self even more virtuous than your outer self. This is real sunnah. Of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Real sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have to follow this sunnah. We have to love this sunnah. And alhamdulillah, may Allah ta'ala reward the great muhaddithin of this ummah. They have preserved everything. The sunnah character of the Prophet his sunnah feelings, his sunnah appearance. And these works are available in Arabic, Urdu, and English. So there's no reason any of you should not be able to have read them. I'll give you the names of a few of them. The first is the Ash-Shama'il by Imam Abu Isa At-Tirmidhi one of the greatest scholars of Hadith and known to be the greatest student of Imam Bukhari. So he compiled a book of, short, not very long book of Sham, called Shama'il, been translated into Urdu by Shaykh Al-Adhi Muhammad Zakaria Khandi and has also been translated into English. An English translation widely, widely available in Johannesburg. Another work, the Ash-Shifa Baqadi Ayad al-Maliki. There are many things in that work, but there's a very beautiful chapter on the character of the Prophet Allahu Akbar, one of the best, best works ever written on the character of Nabi Akareem Wasallam. Written in Arabic, translated in Urdu, and also translated directly from Arabic into English by a British convert. So the English is very high quality. Also available in Johannesburg. But we're not interested. <laughs> Not interested. Sometimes we walk into people's homes and we're amazed at the random collection of books that we see. Hmm? At a glance. Hmm? And these things are missing. <laughs> if it's missing from your bookshelf, it's going to be missing from your heart. <laughs> if it's there in your bookshelf, it's still no guarantee it's going to be there in your heart. That's another problem, right? But at least get these books, read it. Maybe one day, inshallah, because that's not very long. Maybe when Allah, Allah put this in my heart. Maybe one day, inshallah, we'll try to teach you these texts. Both the Shamal and this, this chapter on akhlaq, 
from the Shafal is not that. That's like a one-week course. We could easily do it for you. You will fall in love with Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The more you know him, the more you will love him. So that's why the Muhaddithin preserved this completely incredible knowledge about him. For me and you to know him and to fall in love with him. What's the matter with us that we don't want to know our Prophet? How can it be you've taken somebody as a Prophet and you don't know about his life? You've taken somebody as your Prophet and you don't know about his character. How is that possible? Hmm? How can you say that he's my Prophet? How can you tell your non-Muslim colleague, I believe in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He'd be like, you, you, you're pretty much the same person as me. <laughs> he himself will explain to you how you don't have this iman. Hmm? So to follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to learn the sunnah, to prefer the sunnah, to love the sunnah. Now listen to a beautiful hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Man ahamba sunnati, that person who loves my sunnah, not just follows it, that person who loves my sunnah, that person indeed has loved me. And that person who has loved me, he will be with me in Jannah. This is the dream of a believer. This is what it means to take a prophet. This is the ultimate. Look, me and you can never become a sahaba. Right? It's finished for us. Allah didn't select us for that. But let's say, right? If I said, let's imagine, pretend. What would any one of you do to become a sahabi? Hmm? Let's say, pretend it could happen. That you could go back in time and become a companion. Obviously, every believer's heart's answer would be, I'd give anything for that. It's a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Sahih Muslim. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said that there will come a time then there will be some people from my ummah who they have never seen me. But they would love me so much that they would come, it's an Arabic expression, they would come walking on their heads just to get one glimpse of me. It means they would drag themselves just to get one glimpse of me. So then imagine then how much love we should have if we could have become a Sahabi. 23 years. Hmm? Okay, that's not in our reach. But there is another thing in our reach. Me and you can become a Sahabi for eternity. Me and you have the possibility to become the companion of Sayyidina Rasulullah in Jannatul Firdaus. This is called Abadi Sahabi, forever Sahabi. One is Madani Sahabi, 23 years Sahabi. Now what's better? Hmm? To be forever Sahabi? Hmm? That's also there. Alhamdulillah, all the Madani Sahabis, they're all forever Sahabis. Me and you, that's a chance for us. One chance left to become forever Sahabi. فَقَدْ مَعِيَّ فِي الْجَنَّةِ Nabi Akram said it. They will be ma'iyah, ma'iyat. Means they will be my close, intimate companion in Jannah. Who gets this? مَنْ أَحَبَّ sunnati. That person who loves sunnah. Love means you don't look at outward or inward. It's because you love the car that you were upset at the scratch. Right? It wasn't a performance relationship. Otherwise, yes, the scratch doesn't affect the performance. You loved it. That's why the outer and the inner, everything matters. So that person who loves the sunnah will be with the Prophet ﷺ in Jannah. So how to become forever sahabi, love the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Learn the sunnah, live the sunnah, love the sunnah. The next thing is prefer the sunnah. What did Allah tell us in Quran? Sajib ayat. An-Nabiyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim. The Prophet ﷺ takes priority and precedent over the believers than their own selves. It's Qur'an. Allah saying in Qur'an. Hmm? How many of us can say we live this Qur'an? How many say we feel this verse of Qur'an? An-Nabiyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim. Nabiya Kareem takes priority and precedent. Awla, you know, awwal, awla, takes priority and precedence over the believers in every single aspect of their life. Min anfusihim. Even than their own selves. This is called being ummati. This is called having the right feelings for the Prophet ﷺ. Then the last feeling that we should have for the Prophet ﷺ, but the last I will discuss with you tonight, but the ultimate feeling, and that is called love. But you can only really have that love if you have that iman and that itaat and that ittiba 
and you follow that uswat al-hasana in every sense and you view that you're personally getting that rahmah which is the mercy of being an ummah from the Prophet and that you love the sunnah, live the sunnah, prefer the sunnah. So where does all this lead? Where does the path lead? The ultimate feeling is called love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ishq Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hubb Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhabbat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the ultimate feeling. Ultimate feeling. Now let me tell you how much love. So in one hadith the Prophet said that none of you truly believes. That's why I started from the beginning with Iman. None of you truly believes until Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet ﷺ are more beloved to them than their parents, than their siblings, than their children, than their own selves. How many of us can say we actually feel such a burning, flaming, passionate love for Nabi Kareem ﷺ more than we feel for those other relationships? Now listen to another beautiful hadith. What's the blessing of this love? It's a jeep hadith. Normally, khair, we're going to share it with you. It's in the Sahih Bukhari. What happened? Once there was a Sahabi, companion of the Prophet who was caught drinking. He was caught drinking, so he was brought in front of the Prophet and other Sahaba. All right. And he had been caught drinking before. So the Prophet had enacted a particular punishment known as a Had punishment. You can say like a certain number of canings for a person who was caught drinking. All right. Now, when he was caught, uh, the other Sahabi Kram, they were enacting the punishment. But one Sahabi he saw that the Prophet looked sad, right? Looked sad because obviously he was disheartened and saddened that this Sahaba is a repeat offender. Before he was caught, he made tawbah, agony made the mistake. The Nabi was worried out of love and concern for his beloved companion. So that worry, the worry and sadness came on the expression of the Prophet So one Sahaba, he saw that. And because that Sahaba loved the Prophet and he got upset then at this other one. That look, because of you, you're causing. So he actually cursed him. It's called lanat in Arabic. He cursed him. He was upset, right? He was upset that cursed are you who have brought sorrow and grief and sadness to my beloved Prophet Okay. He cursed him in a loud way such that the Prophet heard. Now listen to the words of Hadith. It's ajib, ajib. Instantly, instantly, the Prophet responded, La tal'anuhu. That don't any one of you curse him. La tal'anuhu. Don't let any one of you curse him. Wallahi, for I swear by Allah Ta'ala, Annahu al alimtu annahu yuhibbullaha wa rasuluhu. I know that he loves Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No, I know he loves me. Allah Akbar. This love for Allah Ta'ala and this love for Prophet Son, this is not something light. This is what the Prophet is saying. This will eventually save him. This will be his redeeming feature. This will enable him to get out of the sin. Don't get me wrong, the Prophet is not at all saying that okay, if you love Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet, you can sin. That's not what he's saying. The punishment was being enacted at that moment. But Nabi Akrim tells him that this love, love for Allah Ta'ala, love for Prophet is such a valuable, priceless, powerful emotion that eventually I know it will take him out. But don't you dare any one of you curse him. Allahu Akbar. Ajeeb. This is why we sit with Mashaikh. This is why we try to get this love for Allah Ta'ala, love for Prophet Can you imagine the mercy of the Prophet The kindness. He says, okay, he loves me. This love is going to get him out. Me and you are in the same situation, right? Me and you are exactly like that Sahabi. Me and you slip. We make mistakes. We sin. We make tawbah. Again we slip. Again we sin. Oh, we spent Ramadan. We made Tawbah. We begged to Allah Ta'ala. But again, Shawal, maybe some of us have already made the first sin after Ramadan. You know, some people don't even, are not even aware of it. Hmm? Some people don't even track this in them. That I want to be aware that what's my first sin after Ramadan. They just do it unconsciously. That's our state. Just like him. Right? But he had something. That the Prophet was giving him a stamp of approval that he will eventually get out. Me and you need to get that same feelings. Feelings of love for Allah Ta'ala. Feelings of love for Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahu Akbar.
That's why we gave you last Houghton Beyond Love for Allah This Houghton Beyond Love for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu This is what we get from our Mashaykh Some people ask, you know, why do people go to Shaykh? Why do you have to need Shaykh? Why do you have to take a Shaykh? Why do you have to learn from Shaykh? Why do you have to listen to Beyond of our Mashaykh? This is what we got from our Shaykh Simple history 20 years we got one thing and we're still trying, and we're still thirsty, and we want to keep drinking, and keep drinking. May Allah Ta'ala enable us to keep drinking. What are we drinking? This goblet, this cup of love for Allah Ta'ala, and love for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because that's the asal. The whole deen comes down to this. That's what the Prophet presented. He just presented two things. Hmm? He just presented two things. So why not love that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who already loves you, why not make that one-way love into two-way love? Hmm? They say that all of deen is just this. Make the one-way into two-way. What is it? The one-way love that Allah Ta'ala already has for you. The one-way love Sayyidina Rasulullah already has for you. Make it two ways. Hmm? That Nabi Kareem Sallallahu he loved his ummah. Allahu Akbar. He used to stand and cry out of love for his ummah. And he used to do it in the depth of the night. To all young men and women who may be listening, or even others who sin in the night, you should be scared. And when you sin, you wait until it becomes dark. You wait until midnight. You wait until 1 a.m. You wait until 2 a.m. to sin. Maybe to sin with others. Maybe to sin with the screen. Or don't you realize you're sinning at exactly that same time of the night when Nabi Kareem Sallam used to rise from his sleep and sacrifice his rest to stand and pray the Hajjud and make dua for the Ummah. And at that very same time at night, you're sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? What type of Ummatis have we become? Hmm? To that Nabi. Very simple. You want to know what ikhlas, sincerity is? Very simple. Make dua. Ya Allah, make me as good an ummati to him as good a nabi he was to me. That's ummati nabi relationship. That's real relationship. Yes, if any one of you think, and may Allah Ta'ala save you if you think like this. May Allah Ta'ala give you hidayah if you think like this. That he was a so-so nabi. If you think, astaghfirullah, na'udhu billah mandalik, that he was a so-so nabi, you be a so-so ummati. Some people ask me this question. How much sunnah do we have to follow? Why do you stress on the sunnah so much? How much do we really have to do? Oh, what's the matter with you? He's your nabi. <laughs> it's like, and let me retranslate your question. How much do we really have to love him? How much do we really have to follow him? Ya Allah, he is your nabi. <laughs> it's limitless. You will love him to no end. You will follow him to no end. You will do ittiba to no end. There's no end. Because there was no end to how much he loved you. Yes, this is the reality. There was no end to how much he loved you. Now what? Ajeeb hadith in Sahih Muslim. This is the famous hadith of Shafa'a. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu says, Allah Ta'ala gave me ikhtiyar. He gave me a choice. What choice? That, oh my beloved, I can put half of your ummah in Jannah. Or, my beloved, I will give you the ikhtiyar to do Shafa'a. I will give you the right of intercession for whom you wish to intercede on their behalf. Nabi Akrim's words is that I chose, instead of half, I chose, Ya Allah, give me the right of Sahih Muslim. I chose the right of Shafa. Why? Because more people will go to Jannah that way. It will be more widespread. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Now, look at this incredible person. What does it mean? Right now, there are 1.2 billion Muslims. 60 years ago, there were another 1 billion Muslims other than us. So up till now, 1400 years, roughly speaking, I would say maybe there have been 20 billion Muslims. And who knows how many more will come to the end of time. But let's just keep this figure 20 billion. 20 billion. Now half would have been what? 10 billion. But Nabi Akram said, no, give me shafa. And he said that it will be more. So more than 10 billion. How would this shafa work? Allahu Akbar Kabira. On the Day of Judgment, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu is going to delay his entry into Jannah, his own entry into Jannah. One by one, one by one singly, Farada, one by one he will do shafa of more than 10 billion people. It's the Hadith. Can you imagine? 
going one ten billion people, going one by one. Ya Allah, He loved my sunnah. Ya Allah, He followed my sunnah. Hmm? Ya Allah, hmm? He lived my sunnah. I do shifa for Him. And we don't know how long. Allahu Akbar. Maybe for some of them, Nabi Akram have to make long dua. It's not many were mentioned these. It's one second shifa. It's ten years shifa. Allahu Akbar. But Nabi Akram will not stop. He will keep pleading with Allah, keep pleading with Allah, keep pleading with Allah until shifa is accepted. Then go to the next one. Keep pleading with Allah, keep pleading with Allah. At least from Sahih Hadith and the numbers of the Ummah, we can see at least 10 billion people. Nabi Akram is going to do the shifa. Allahumma sanni ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. What an incredible person. Huh? Ya Allah. And then can you imagine what if me and you are on the other half? Hmm? Can you imagine that believer who stands there on the Day of Judgment and watches Nabi Akrim go one by one to over 10 billion of his fellow mu'mineen and he's hoping, hoping Nabi Akrim will come to me and he ends up being in those who don't get that shifa. Can you imagine what a tragedy that would be? Hmm? Who would be that person? My heart tells me one of those people be very simple. Those people who tried to make themselves unrecognizable as Muslims in this world, what if Allah Ta'ala makes them unrecognizable to the Prophet on that day of judgment? So for example, sometimes I'm walking, there's a person, I don't know if he's a Muslim Egyptian or he may be you know, a Christian Mexican. I can't tell because it's not the sunnah of the Prophet I don't know if he's a Muslim Indian or he's a Hindu Indian. I can't tell because he doesn't have the sunnah of the Prophet I don't know if he's a Muslim Turk or a Christian Bulgarian. I can't tell because he doesn't have the sunnah of Nabi Akram sallallahu He is deliberately chosen to make himself unrecognizable as an ummati in this world. What if Allah Ta'ala accepts this intention and makes that person unrecognizable as a Muslim in the Day of Judgment? Hmm? Don't take these things lightly. <laughs> this is deen. This is our ummati nabi relationship. This is our hope. This is one way. This is one of the many, many ways we hope for the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. But one way is this. What the Prophet It will be more widespread and more numbers. Allahu Akbar. This is the love Nabi Akram had for us. This is why we said that why not love that Nabi Akram sallam who already loves us. Hmm? Who loved us so much. Said no. Even just for those few more. Not half. I'll do it. I'll go one by one. On the day of judgment. Pleading with you. For billions of them. Gee. But now I want you to end tonight with one ayah of Quran. We ended with that hadith. From the hadith. Last verse of Quran. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran. وَمَنْ يُتِئِ that any and every person who obeys Allah Ta'ala وَالرَّسُولَ and who obeys Sayyidina Rasulullah فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْأَمَ اللَّهِ That any and every person who obeys Allah Ta'ala the Prophet will be together in eternal Jannah with those people whom Allah Ta'ala has sent His blessings on them أَنْأَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالسِّدِّكِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ he will be with the Prophet in Jannah, with all Nabiyeen, all Anbiya, all Prophets in Jannah, with all of the Siddiqeen, the truest followers, Oliya, Muttaqeen, Siddiqeen, the truest followers of Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet in Jannah. He will be with all the Shuhada, those who gave their very lives for Allah Ta'ala in Jannah, was Salihin, and he will get to be with all of the virtuous, upright believers in Jannah. All he had to do was have this love and obedience for Allah Ta'ala and the love and obedience for Sayyidina Rasulullah then when Allah Ta'ala describes this vision, that this ordinary believer, but because of this love and obedience, will be together with Salihin, Shuhada, Siddiqeen, Nabiin, Nabi Akrim, even then Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيكَ And these are such wonderful companions for him to have. What wonderfully, beautifully, nobly, virtuous companions is it for this person to have? So means in this ayah, ulama mentioned, let us open it up for us. Then me and you have this ability. Me and you have this chance that we can also be 
with the Mekreem Sallallahu if we get that love for him in our heart, like the Prophet said, Al-Mar'u Ma'aman Ahamba, that a person would be with whomsoever he loves. So this is our message tonight to ourselves and to all of us, that may we love Nabi Kareem Sallallahu more and more and more and love his sunnah and follow his sunnah and have his character and have his heart and have his feelings and have his outer sunnah. This is a major mission of our life. May Allah Ta'ala accept this from us. May He join us in this love. This love is the real heritage, the real inheritance, the real legacy of the Prophet that He left for us. May He join us all in love for Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet and because it's the nature of love that whenever you two lovers love the same beloved, when it comes to Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet you will love your fellow lovers. This is the real unity of Ummah. That we were designed to love the lovers of Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet We are designed, the deen is designed to put mutual love. This is a word in hadith, Al-Mutahabbuna Fillah. To put mutual love between the lovers of Allah Ta'ala. To put mutual love between the lovers of the Prophet If we want to get that mutual love back between each other, it's not going to happen through anything other than this, that we have to put in our own hearts the love for Allah Ta'ala and the love for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And may Allah Ta'ala enable us to sit with those who love Allah Ta'ala and love Prophet to learn from them, to learn the teachings of zikr from them, to learn the teachings of tazkiyah, ihsan, ikhlas from them. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you, inshaAllah. Subhanahu rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi sayyidina Muhammad. Wa barik wa sallim. Rabbana dalamna anfusana wa illam takfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Rabbik fir warham wa anta khairul rahimeen. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we were deficient ummati. We were lacking in our relationship. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we came here tonight and we wanted to fall in love with Nabi Kareem Sassam again. We want to fall in love with you again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make it easy for us, Ya Allah. Accept this intention on our behalf. Have. Fill our heart with the true love. It'll take out from our heart all the unlawful loves, all the fake loves, all the false loves. Take out from our heart all the lustful love, all the romantic love, every attraction for Ghair Mahram, every infatuation with Ghair Mahram. Take out from our heart all the materialistic love, all the love for the world, love for all that it contains. Take out from our heart the love for ourselves, the love for our accomplishments, the love for our Attributes and Ya Rabbi Kareem put in our heart a pure love for you, a burning love for you, a passionate love for you, love for Quran al Kareem, love for Deen Islam, <coughs> love for Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a love for his Sirah, a love for his Sunnah. A love for his outward, a love for his inward, a love for his talimat, his teachings, a love for his kafiyat, his feelings, a love for his sahaba, ya al-bikrim, a love for siddiqeen, love for shuhada, love for salihin, love for ulama, love for awliya, love for all mu'mineen, ya al-bikrim, fill our heart with this true love, ya adorn our heart with this love, unite our hearts on this love, ya al-bikrim, we ask that you bless us, Ya Allah, to understand the entire sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa to follow that sunnah, to learn that sunnah, to live that sunnah, to spread that sunnah, to serve that sunnah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put in our hearts a craze for that sunnah, put in our heart a love for that sunnah. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, just like your beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam promised us that those who would love his sunnah actually love him, and those who love him would be with him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Jannah, make it true for us, Ya Allah. Join us in His company, Ya Allah. Grant us His shifa on the Day of Judgment. Ya Rabbi Kareem, on that day, Ya Rabbi, when we will find no hope, some of us, that we will have had so many sins, that Ya Allah, our good deeds are less, our sins are more, our good deeds are less, our sins are more. Ya Allah, when we stand on that day in front of you, and our beloved Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, comes one by one to do shifa of those whose sins were more, and good deeds were less. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us not be forgotten on that day. Let us not be passed over on that day. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we too want His Shifa, Ya Allah. We want Your mercy, Ya Allah. We want Your forgiveness, Ya Allah. We want You to grant us admission to Jannah, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, as wonderful a Nabi He was to us, make us as true an Ummati to Him, as true, loyal, loving our Nabi He was. 
make us as true, loyal, and loving an ummati to him. And let us have the truest iman in Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us have the deepest iman in Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yalla, tonight we want to make tawbah of any action that we do that is unbefitting to this sunnah. Yalla, anything that we say that is unbefitting to the sunnah, any style of speech that we have, any mannerism that we have, anything in our personality, anything in our preferences, anything, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that is even slightly displeasing to you or slightly unbefitting to him, we make tawbah of it all on this night, Ya Allah. Rescue us from it, Ya Allah. Change it, Ya Allah. Grant us that which is better, Ya Allah. Allah, we grant you. We beg that you grant each and every one of us the ability to beautify our outward self by following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ.